everyone and today we're going to focus on stress, anxiety and how those trigger our eating and drinking habits. Triggers are part of the change process. They will come to you in a form of foods, people, circumstances and you can blame triggers all you want. You can try to control them but that won't change anything. We need to understand what is triggering you, whether that be old wounds, beliefs, reactions to anxiety or stress, and what is causing you to make unwanted choices. We are making choices all the time, but really it's not about food at all. It's about staying or escaping in the moment. When we stress eat or drink, it's because we want our peace of mind back. There's a moment when we have a choice, either we can work through the stress or feel like we're getting to a genuine place of peace, or we can escape to a place of fake peace. It obviously takes longer, involves more effort to get genuine peace than it takes to eat a bar of chocolate or drink a couple of glasses of wine. But it doesn't give us genuine peace. It just keeps us bouncing in and out of that stressful place of fake peace. This is not a choice about food or drink. This is your choice about understanding and deciding which other ways of escape will enable you to enjoy genuine peace. If you suddenly feel stressed, angry or terrified, your mind is looking for ways to escape. Food is obviously the big one because it's quick, easy, cheap and we've done it so many times before and it works. You absolutely leave your frenzied mind and go to your happy place but only as long as there is chocolate or wine in your mouth. When you choose to run away, it's no different than if you choose to take drugs. Your brain takes you just far enough away from the issue, but just for a moment. But just like a drug addict, the issues are there once the high is gone and emotions still need to be dealt with. And if we keep putting them off, it's like going into an emotional debt, but eventually we have to pay. We must face what we're escaping. And if we've been trying to escape for a long time, like many of us have, then we must face the original issue, plus the additional feelings from being overweight. So I'm talking about when we eat, when we're not hungry because this is what's affecting our weight the most. It's that moment of choice during a craving or a long-standing behaviour pattern. And this is when we have two options. Firstly, do we eat that comfort food or drink? Or do we deal with the issue? It takes strength, if I said, to deal with the issue. It could be uncomfortable, but it's an essential part for real change. This is why it isn't about food and why any diet will never fix this. This change programme is therefore going to help you to get stronger physically and emotionally so that you're empowered to stand against that discomfort and fear. Food is just food. 
peace is genuine peace and real comfort is way better than the fake version. Just remember that your body follows your mind. And like most habits, they go back to our childhood. As an example, a little girl comes home crying and upset from a nasty comment from a friend. The mother says, don't cry, have a biscuit. You'll feel better then. And in the moment, the child learns a lifetime belief from an important authority source, her mother. That feelings can be fixed with food. Having finished the biscuit, she feels different. Not better, but different. But for the moment, she's distracted too and forgets about the incident at school. The key learning part of this is that there has been no completion of the emotional pain caused by the event. This is important, so I'm going to say it again. There has been no completion of the emotional pain caused by the event. The event and the feelings attached to it are now just buried under the biscuit and sugar and the distraction. Even if the child brought this up later, the child would probably have been told something like, we don't cry over spilled milk. Meaning that it's not okay to continue having feelings about the incident, so it must stay hidden and buried. This is why early on we learn to cover up, hide or bury our feelings under food. And it's not surprising that sometime later we adopt the same behaviour and many cover up our feelings under more intoxicating habits like alcohol or drugs. Food and alcohol are obviously typical short-term relief behaviours, but short-term relief behaviours have three major problems. The first one is they appear to work. They create the illusion of recovery by causing us to forget or bury emotions. They are short term. They don't last and they don't deal with the true emotional issue. They act like a cork in a boiling kettle. The cork represents a lifetime of misinformation that causes us to believe that we are not supposed to talk about sad, painful, negative emotions. But as you can imagine, that cork in that steam kettle moves us closer to explosion. The challenge is, and I've seen this a lot, particularly in the last couple of years, that when a major stress or loss, such as the pandemic, is added to the collection of unresolved emotions, this can put a huge strain on our court kettle. That the only possible outcome is to cause an explosion. And that explosion can result in huge anxiety, depression, or some kind of health issue. Therefore, we release the cork for change. And that's the only way that we can change to release that cork, to improve our health and to prove our happiness. So this is now decision time. Do you allow short-term relief behaviours to continue or do you make changes for long-term relief? The choice is yours. Firstly, we need to identify what are your short-term relief behaviours. 
Is it linked to food, drinks, alcohol, binging, smoking, drugs, anger, exercise, fantasy through movies, TV, books, isolation, shopping, they call it retail therapy. What about workaholism? What about all those short-term behaviour techniques that you have? They could be even be blaming others rather than taking full responsibility. So what are yours? What's holding you back from real change? Think through your life. Just accept your short-term relief behaviours. And now we'll work through them because just a thought can trigger those habitual behaviours and anxiety, worries and self-sabotage that are linked to them. We must address the emotion as it occurs every time and find a way to get through that specific moment to help that long-term change. And what I want you to practice is an easy but extremely effective technique that you can do anywhere and it only takes a few minutes. This works by changing your mindset, by making you feel more positive, by boosting your willpower and strength to stop any self-sabotage. Releasing those old emotions that could have been just repressed. It's called the butterfly, butterfly hug technique. And I'll be sending you this recording. It's only a few minutes long, but it's a great reminder and it's something you can listen to until you know off by heart. So the technique is, all you have to do is focus on what you're feeling and the emotions linked to it. Now cross your arms and begin gently tapping your forearm, forearms, one arm at a time. Left, then right. Left, then right. And continue doing this. You can close your eyes if it helps you to concentrate but if you're with people, you can use the same technique by crossing your arms and gently tapping alternative legs. And no one will know you're doing it. As you tap, just say in your head your chosen, safe, comfortable word like peace, calm, I'm okay, whatever's right for you. And continue tapping until the feeling has subsided. Sometimes this happens very quickly. And normally it only takes a minute or two. It's quite incredible. And then you just take a lovely deep breath, breathing out with a sigh perhaps, and imagining a beautiful white light surrounding you, filling your body with power, strength, determination, and positivity. Imagine your positivity and willpower reserves being topped up to maximum capacity from your feet to the top of your head, feeling your anxiety, worries or stress just drifting away from you and disappearing. And any desire for that short-term relief behaviour pattern being obliterated. The theory behind this technique is that anxious or stressful feelings just become trapped within your body and mind. The fight or flight response is usually triggered in most people 
and food is the quick way to make us feel better. So doing this technique stops us feeling these unhealthy emotions and starts us living life in a much more positive frame of mind. So enjoy this and make it part of your life. And now it's time to think about yourself and your unwanted beliefs and what you want to change. Think of yourself and imagine that you have on a plain white doctor's type coat. Now imagine taking a thick black Sharpie pen and begin to write on the coat all the labels that you believe about yourself. Don't forget anything that's ever been spoken to you or anything that you've ever thought, all those negative labels that you've put on yourself. It could be, I'm fat, I'm not good enough, I was abandoned, I'm lazy, I'm undisciplined, write it all down. I'm unlucky, I'm unimportant, I'm old, I'm ugly, just write it down. I'm shy, I'm afraid, I failed too many times, write it down. I'm selfish, I'm jealous, write it down. You get the idea. And now with that coat on, feel what it's like to have all those unhealthy labels. Wear it, feel it, feel how heavy it is, feel how constricting it feels. And now take it off. Feel the freedom of taking off those labels and those lies. Now imagine throwing that coat away, burning it or bleaching it, whatever feels best. And now take a new white coat and feel free, if you wish, to write directly on your body because you're going to keep these new, positive, healthy labels. Take a deep breath, connect the truth. The truth that your best friend would say. Perhaps it's something like, I'm okay now, I'm amazing, write it on this new positive coat. I'm empowered, I'm strong, I'm beautiful, I'm compassionate, I'm loving, I'm creative, I'm powerful, I'm supported. I'm nurturing, I'm generous, I'm kind, I'm fierce, I'm determined, I'm gentle, I'm peaceful, I'm hardworking, I'm caring, I'm worthy, I'm enough, I'm significant, I'm safe, I'm free, I'm accepted, I'm getting better every day. Just choose all those positive parts of you.
Ensure they're written on your coat or on you. Wear it. How does that feel? Empowered, strong. That's good. I want you to just keep wearing this, these positive labels and keep adding to them as you go through this programme so that you become who you were intended to be. Well done. Now I want to touch on grief and loss because they can have significant effect on our weight. And this doesn't have to mean the loss of a loved one either. It includes any conflicting emotions caused by an end or a change in a familiar pattern of behaviour. Therefore, any changes in relationships to people, places or events can cause conflicting feelings that we call grief or loss. Lots of losses are covered by this, where we live, where we work, who we see regularly. So what losses have you encountered? Examples are moving house, moving location, moving school, divorce, death of a pet, death of a relative or friend, a house fire, a burglary, an accident, an illness, a relationship change, or a lack of trust, or a change of trust. Lots of things can be added to this. So what are your personal losses? What have affected you in your life? Because when we experience any loss, we fill them with 100% intensity. But some of them, of course, have a greater impact on us. Let your mind go back to sad, negative or painful aspects of your life or any events in your life. Because there may be some level of what we call incompleteness that needs attention to enable you to move on and allow change to happen. It could have been perhaps undelivered communications, large or small, that have an emotional value on you, or actions or non-actions that cause incomplete emotions. And to allow these to be released, they generally fall into three categories, apologies, forgiveness, or expressive emotive statements. This is not about apologising or forgiving someone. This is about a personal exercise purely about you or you becoming complete. This is about acknowledging what's happened and not letting it hurt you anymore. And if it is about forgiveness, remember that forgiveness is nothing to do with the other person. It's an action, not a feeling. The person being forgiven should never know that this has happened. This is just an exercise for you. And if it's an apology that you feel will make you feel complete, again, this is just about you and not to be shared. It might be that to feel complete, you need to purely acknowledge an expressive 
emotive statements such as, I love you, I hated you, I was very proud of you, I was very ashamed of you. Thank you for the sacrifices you made for me. I appreciate the time you spent with me. I wish I'd said more when you were alive. I wish I'd shown my love more when you were alive. So spend a few minutes just working on any incomplete apologies, forgiveness and expressive emotive statements linked to people, places, whatever. It's important for your change and success because even minor incomplete communications accumulate over a lifetime and they need to be released. When I did this exercise, it really helped me and helped to stop those repressed emotions so that I felt more complete and it's definitely improved my health. Now, what other ways can we deal with stress and anxiety? I want to share with you one of my old favourites, the emotional stress release technique. This is one of the simplest techniques that I know to relieve stress, anxiety and emotional eating or comfort eating. It doesn't seem to matter how serious the stress or the problem or the feeling, just a few minutes of this hands-on technique gives you an entirely new perspective and that relief gained seems to be permanent. When everything just gets all too much or you feel overwhelmed, the blood supply to our left and right hemispheres of our brain can become unbalanced and the thinking part of our brain is paralysed. And this can lead to emotional eating, anxiety, stress, depression. So emotional stress release was discovered when it was worked on by a research kinesiologist working with emotionally distressed people, when he noticed that there was a common physical reaction to being emotionally distressed, that we put our hands over our foreheads, covering our eyes, when faced with a situation that's hard to deal with emotionally. And our fingertips resting naturally on the two mounds on our forehead, in a vertical line above the centre of the iris of our eyes and our hairline. It's felt that this reflects our tendency to run away from problems rather than face them. But the secret of using this emotional stress release technique is that it forces ourselves to concentrate on the main core of the problem for as long as possible. The miracle is that the harder we try to focus on the problem when doing this technique, the harder it gets to do so. And I know it can seem too good to be true, but it works. Most people gain immediate relief because it's virtually impossible to remain emotionally upset when doing this. So enjoy listening to this short and simple technique that I will send you and find immediate relief to feel better, calmer, less stress, less anxious. And then that allows your self-esteem to rise. So I'll be sending you two short recordings this week. They're very simple techniques, but they will really help you to learn invaluable skills and to improve over this time. Enjoy these. Until the next time, thank you for listening. Bye.